This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In our business with picking up the girls, you don't get with the women. You do the video, you get the content, you take off, because that's obviously going to be a hindrance to continuing along this enterprise when you suddenly have a girlfriend who's saying, look, you can't do this anymore. Well, so that's what happened. I I brought him to like a mental institute. Oh, you're saying there was an issue? There was, yeah. Okay. There was some big issues. We finally meet up. Like, he wouldn't even like dab me up. He wouldn't shake my hand or anything. He's like, Eric, like, quote, Eric, I see you as like a giant rat right now. (laughs) Now, I'm being kicked off. So who's who's really the issue? That's how yeah. all my friends before I went to prison, the only we were, reason we were friends is because being around me made them money. Hey, this is Matt Cox, and I'm here with Eric Davis. He is a social media pickup artist, and we're here to find out how he's making over $50,000 a month. So what's going on? Cool, Matt. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, we already talked beforehand. Yeah, so. yeah. We've talked a little bit. But yeah, man. So I'm the CEO of EA Productions. It's basically a social media uh, growth agency, you could say. We do a lot of production, video editing, um, social media account management, and all that. But yeah, Tick, dude. TikToks. Yeah, TikToks, short form video, Facebook. We're really being in the Facebook right now. So yeah, that's kind of really what my company is about but how I started is I went from really college dropout to you know a big ride a, a big journey and now I'm here okay well and we met like is it a year ago yeah we met a year ago here actually yeah yeah you were gonna yeah. you were thinking about um yes kind of like the whole influencer house yeah. or what would you call it content Influ- creator house. content creator house right yeah. like so and you yeah. were thinking about moving in here you came you checked yep. it out I met you through uh, through uh, Tyler, yep. my booking agent. That's right. And uh, which is funny because, like, when I, I I've I always, every time I've ever asked him, well, what do I say? What do I call you? And he's always like, he, he's always like, huh, you know, whatever you want to call me. I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Now I think even he says booking agent because I started right. just saying, look, I'm going to come up with. Something. I can't just say Tyler. No. Like you know, so I came up with. I said, I'm going to call you a, a, my booking agent because that's yeah. what he was doing. Yeah. And now he introduces himself as, I'm a yes. booking agent. <laughs> and Tyler's been done from sales for E8 as well. So okay. he's been, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I've said that to some people he's my president, but he's a great guy. So. Right. <laughs> no, he is. He's, he's, it's funny too, because he's always helping out for, exactly. fa- for no for reason. No like reason. for, for the That's first right. six months to a year, every time he would help me and, or introduce me, people would say, what is what Tyler is he getting out want? of it? Yeah. What is he? And I would say, I don't, you know, I don't know. He hasn't. He never asked for money. Never asked nothing. for me, nope. me for anything. I, yeah. And I, I remember I said, look, at some point I'm assuming he's going to turn this into a business mm-hmm. of some kind. And I, I think now he is I've kind of. I've tried to help him to do that. Yeah. Trying to shift it to a, a business. Yes. Um, because he's super good. He knows everybody. Like he knows somebody who knows somebody. He knows somebody in like every genre. So it, I, if, if I'm low on people. Like, I'm like, man, listen, I don't have anybody booked next week. Yeah. I just have to call him. He's like, okay, hold on. And 
within 30 minutes, I've got four or five people. He's like, this guy, this guy did this, this guy did this. He can be on next week. This guy can be on next week. Yep. This guy can actually fly in. So anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, cool. That's really it. Yeah. I mean, there's, I can tell you more about, I guess my story. I right. I was going to say, what, like, where, where were you born? Like, how did you get yeah. into doing this? So I was, I, I grew up right outside of Boston, about 20 miles outside Boston West. And um, in a small town called Southboro, Massachusetts. Um, shout out to my Southboro people. But, <laughs> but um, basically, yeah. So um, at like 16, 17, like I always knew that I wanted to do something different. Not really like the, the track of the normal you know, people where you grow up and you say, hey, I want to go to college and I want to be in finance and I want to work in a bank or do this and that. Right. So I was always told that that's what I would have to do. Like I, I grew right. up in a very middle-class family where it was like, we didn't have everything, but we had, you know, as much as we wanted. Yeah. So you had enough, you had enough that you weren't struggling, but exactly. So, you know, a lot of people say that like they grew up poor and stuff, but that was not my, you know, upbringing. I grew up very, you know, modest household, uh, so at like 16, 17, I was like, okay, you know, I kind of had a realization. I was like, you know, I, I see the people who grew up in, in certain situations, whether they're very wealthy or they're very poor. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to just live off my parents or live off like, you know, this, I kind of want to do it for myself. Right. So, you know, I, I always had a job. I worked at a Chinese restaurant. I worked at like Stop and Shop with a grocery store. I worked at a gas station for like two years. And I'm like, okay, I'm content. I'm like, I'm cool. You know, I, I live in Massachusetts, but like, it's not enough. I want to live like the luxurious life. I want to do this. I want to travel. I want to go see things. Um, and then I really was like, okay, I, th there came to a point in senior year of high school where I just wanted to be different. So I like dropped out of high school. I just stopped going. There was no like real reason for it. I just wanted to be different in a sense where, okay, I want to figure it out on my own. Right. Uh, so I just stopped going. Then later on, I'm sitting the senior year after I'm sitting there, everyone's graduated, all my friends are going to college. And I'm like, damn, like this sucks. Like now I understand, okay, I'm working at a gas station. It's like hundred degrees outside and I'm pumping gas. Like, do I want this for myself? And I'm like, no. So what I do as I approach my school, I said, Hey, you know, I kind of messed up. Like, can I finish my classes? I only literally had two months of school left. So I expedited it, got my degree, uh, you know, high school degree. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, now I want to go do something. I want to do stuff that other people have been doing. Maybe this life is for me. Maybe I go to college. Maybe I start, you know, doing something. So what I did was I wanted to be different again. So I took all my stuff at 18. I drove to Arizona. I moved there to Tempe, Arizona, where there was like a ton of people my age never been there before. I enrolled in Arizona State University. And that's where I met, uh, you know, a ton of, you know, YouTubers and social media influencers. And I can talk about that a little bit. But in college? In college. That's right. So Arizona State, 
university is one of the largest campuses for social media influencers. So like Cody Pearson and that was epic and Big Dawes TV and Steven Shapiro, that just happened. They all go and film there. So they do pranks and interviews and they talk to college girls there. They do like the pickup videos if you've ever seen that. Um, so, yeah. But uh, in Arizona, ASU, I was like, school still not for me. I'm like, I always were trying to find a way to make money. So I had like a little, I'm very good at Excel, um, like Microsoft Excel. And I had like an Excel business doing people's homework. So there's about 3,000 ASU business students, which is ASU is one of the largest universities in the country. And there's 3,000 students. I did about 1,500 of their homework, like of all of their homework. So, you know. Graduating class of 2023, they all cheated basically in the business school. Right. <laughs> so, but I, I was, I always found a way to outsource things. So I had, um, you know, I had like four kids under me that I would pay them per assignment and then I would upcharge the clients essentially. Right. So I made a little business. I made 12 grand free and clear. Um, and if you, in just a, what, a couple months? Yeah. Yeah. In one semester. So, you know, about three and a half months. Yeah. So what, what, how did that, why did that stop? That stopped because some girl got angry at me and actually told on me, <laughs> told like the Dean and they were, and I, I got, and I, they called me in at academic, I got on academic probation and I was like, I'm, I'm screwed. Did you deny it? Did you, were you no, just like, I told them I did. I, I was like, I was like, yeah, you got me my bad. Yeah. I'm like, sorry. Like I was like, I guess I was the ringleader in it. And right. so but they well, you already said you exactly. you had multiple people exactly. underneath you. If not the ringleader, you're certainly <laughs> one of the guys at the top. That's right. So I was the guy at the top and they caught me and I was just like, Okay, yeah, I did it. Like, what's my punishment? They're like, We're putting on academic probation. You won't be able to graduate on time now. Right. And like so then to me I was like, Okay, I have to spend more money to do this. Well, yeah. So I had to find another job, but I was still living in Arizona. So I applied for this job, uh, at AZA 10, which is Amazonic logistics company, kind of outside Amazon, where we handled like logistics for packages and stuff. I had my own little cubicle, my own little desk. It was super weird because at like 18, 19, you know, someone going into work in an office, let alone Amazon. Right. Um, it was just weird because everyone had college degrees. There were 30 and like, and, and I got the job just because I like had Excel skills. Like they interviewed me still. And I was like, okay, this is what I did. They loved it. And I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> like I got the job. So it was cool. So wait, so you told them? I didn't tell them. I just told them I was very good at Excel. Okay. I was going to say, I hope I can go back. I'm, I'm dropping yeah. out of college because yeah. here's why. Yeah. Okay. So while I was working with Amazon, I met these YouTubers called That Just Happened. So Julian and Devel. And... That's kind of where my social media career began. I've always seen like videos on YouTube, big avid YouTube watcher. I think everybody is now, um, but I can't say that's for everybody. But um, yeah, so I met Julian Devel, and then I really wanted to learn their business. I've always been interested in money, finance, how you know businesses work, and. So what I did was I, I just kind of became friends with them, had no intention of like being on the channel or doing anything social media really, but I just wanted to curious. And so I said they were struggling. They really were living paycheck to paycheck. It's hard to be a creator mm -hmm. at like less than a hundred thousand or like around the hundred thousand mark. I, you're not, you're, I hear you. yeah, you're making like 
not enough to survive, but you're also, you can still get sponsors, but they're not enough to, you know, pay the bills. Right. You so, need something to supplement your income every single month, which of exactly. course cuts into your ability to, that's why I, I keep saying like, I feel like I'm six months away from, from hitting that to where yeah. it's like, okay, I can drop everything else and just double down on YouTube for sure. And then I know I'll make money at it. But right now it's like, uh, it's back and forth yeah. back. That's like the struggle with creators nowadays. It's yeah. tough. There's 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 no real way around it. Yeah. Just... Well, I mean, I th- but I also think it's it's what you know. It's like, look, are, are you know, are you gonna yeah, right, make it or break it, right? It's like, are you willing? It's, how bad do you want it? Do you want to live in someone's spare room? Yeah. If you want to live in someone's spare room and spend all of your time, you want to wake up at three o'clock in the morning, bust your ass, go to your second job, do this, and you want to do that for two years. Guess what? You can make it. You can. If you don't, if you're saying, no, no, my girlfriend's more important. I also want to, I also want to binge, um, these series on Netflix. I want to be able to go hang out with my friends. I want, okay, well, if that's more important to you, then do that. Like I I get it. You can't, very few people have both. Not that there aren't because some guys put out three videos and they end up with a hundred thousand subscribers in two months and they put out five more videos and they've got within six months, they got a million and they're immediately making 30,000. But the truth is that is it's so very rare. You got a better, probably you almost have as good of a chance of winning the lottery. Winning the lottery. Yeah. That's so, right. you know, cause I get those guys all the time in the comment section who are like, bro, how come you don't have more of this? How come you, I'm like, but like I'm doing amazing That's right. for somebody who came from nothing. I mean, I'm a 50 year old guy who's, well, 53-year-old guy who's wow. actually almost got a career as a YouTuber. Like like three years ago, I was laying in, in a prison bed. Yeah. I'm thrilled with the way things are going. <laughs> You're right. I don't have a million subs. I may never, but my God, this is right. but this is amazing. It's it's so, really the journey. The creator journey is is different for everybody, but it's like it's interesting to hear people's stories. I wish there was like a channel that just went through like creators journeys. I, you know, what's funny. I always, whenever I say, tell somebody, cause I'll meet these guys. I'm like, why aren't you doing YouTube? Yeah. Like you're already making videos or you're already doing this. Like, why don't you just put set up the camera? Mm-hmm. Like, and they're like, ah, you know, and it's the same thing that I went through, which is I don't have the equipment. It mm-hmm. won't sound good. It won't be good. It won't be perfect. I was like, yeah, but that's part of it. That's right. So your first few videos are dog crap. That's right. And then you get to look back in three years and go, oh my God. But so do your so do your viewers. That's right. And they'll be appreciative. They're like, wow, look how far you've come. Yes. Like, and you know, another thing is like people don't want to be butchered in the comment section. They don't want to hear no. bad things no, about themselves. Don't. So that's hard. Like you, you have takes to get a over cer- that. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to get over that's that. Right. For most people, it's hard. Yeah, a lot of my clients actually now they I have about 30, 32 clients. They always ask me like, "Oh, I'm getting these bad comments. Should we take the video down?" Or like, I'm like, "Hey, man, engagement's engagement. Yeah. If you want the video to keep being pushed, like no. you know, you gotta deal with it." And yeah, I'm not taking nothing yeah, down. No, exactly. So that's just something creators have to deal with in a gen- Look, in a sense. Not just that, but honestly, like probably the best and funniest comments I get <laughs> are the ones where the guys rip on me. Yeah. And I was saying that earlier, like the ones where the guys real Jess, will, my girl, my my wife will read the comments, mm-hmm. and she'll she doesn't ever bring me the comments or mention the comments that say like you're amazing, you're inspiring. She's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. The ones where someone really butchers me, she's like, oh, my God. She's like, listen to this. And then I read them, and then I start laughing. Yeah, exactly. Be, listen, when I first did Concrete a couple of years ago, yes. the first two weeks of me reading comments where I was just like, this is horrible. <laughs> People hate me. That's right. But 
the truth is for every 10 good ones, there was one bad one. And I only focused on the bad one. That's right. Once I got over that, it, it, it was, I was much better off. That's just how life is. People, yeah. people, you know, see your bad things. You know, if you do one bad thing over the 10 good things, they'll always look at the bad thing. Yeah. So what's that? It's also that, um, I don't know what the idiom is, but well, you know, there's the Einstein uh, thing. Did you ever see that that uh, video where they no. talk about Einstein went in? He was teaching a class at a university, and he he starts going through like prime numbers. Mm-hmm. He starts adding, you know, like whatever seven, nine, whatever, whatever it was. He starts adding them all up. He goes all the way to a hundred. He misses one just towards the end, and, and the whole class kind of starts to giggle and laugh. Wow! And he turns around. And he says, "What's what's everybody laughing about?" They're like, "Oh, you got." You got that one wrong. It's actually 90. You put 90, it's 91. And he said, isn't that amazing? He said, out of 14 of them that I got right, this entire class only focused on what I got wrong. It's crazy. You know, like, and, and then he had a whole thing behind it where it's like, you know, like that's absolutely not, you know, not the way. Like that, yeah. that one thing only is just, I now know that's incorrect, but I look at all the things I did correct. Nobody thanked me. Nobody no. told me I was wonderful for that. So it's the same thing. Yeah. So, um, but you were saying you, so you met these guys. How yeah. were they? So they were barely making it. Yeah, they were barely making it. They're 22 years old, 22, 23 years old. Um, I was, eight, I think I was 18. Yeah, I was 18. Um, so they were barely making it. I was just curious how I could help them. Uh, so what I did was when I dropped out of school, I said, hey, I was still like working at Amazon, so I was still making money. I said, hey, let me like live with you guys for the, the summer. Now, if you know anything about Arizona summer, it's like 110 degrees. <laughs> so yeah. it's really hard to film, and all the college kids leave. So it was, it was really tough. But have you ever been to Arizona, Phoenix? I've driven through Arizona, and the yeah. cones that were on the highway were actually bent like this they were all <laughs> they were all drooping it was That's that right. fucking it was that hot the yeah. yellow the orange cones were yeah. melted over yeah. and i remember going I, I hope i don't have to stop <laughs> so so there's this place in scottsdale arizona called uh the old town old town scottsdale it's one of the largest like clubbing destinations in the country um it's it's really amazing if you if you ever have a chance to get out to scottsdale definitely recommend but not during the summer not during the summer but it was the summer and it's still very, you know, it's a lot of people still go there. Um, so a lot of people from L.A., they actually just fly there to party and club. Uh, a lot of NFL players go there. Um, yeah, all sorts of celebrities. So I was living with them for, for the three months in, in their house. I was sleeping on their couch. And we were like, okay, how can we get your channel to the next level? So I did everything in my power to learn everything about social media, whether it be like to get a higher click-through rate or, you know, to edit a video or everything. Because I, I literally knew nothing. Right. I didn't know anything. So they were my guinea pig in terms of, you know, what my company is today and a real-world example of, of how I can come in and, and build, build a channel. They already had a good, you know, following and a good base and they've had viral videos before but they couldn't replicate it so we went in and in that three months i think we were at 201,000 subscribers and by the end of the summer i think we were over 400k wow and so and we grinded like legitimately that's all we did like and it was nuts 
like it was absolutely insane. We had a great bond. It was amazing. Um, you know, we would go out, film, come back. And these are prank videos. And prank videos. Okay. Yeah. Or interview videos. So like the man on the street interviews where you talk to girls and you ask them like, you know, cool questions or crazy questions, right. <laughs> whatever you want. So more sexualized questions. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So we were, so we found success in the interview videos. So we just stuck with it. And then we kept doing the, uh, we would drive to San Diego five hours away to, to, to go film too. So once this channel started building momentum, we had more, you know, room to go. Uh, so what happened was, I'm trying to remember in my story here in, but I think the channel was doing very well. Uh, I had, I had stopped or I had stopped going to school and I needed to find something to do because I wasn't getting paid for their help or paid for my help. Right. So I didn't like ask for any money, but that's kind of where I kicked off my own career in terms of doing the interviews because I was a feature on their channel and then I became a regular. So that's when I like had my own interview videos where I talked to the girls. I'm not sure I get like 60 million views a month now, which is like crazy. And um, yeah, so there's that. And then I really was I started making money a little bit on YouTube, not that much. Like I have, I had like 10,000 subscribers well, on your own channel, on my own channel. So and you I was, were, you're doing all the content for yes. them. You're helping them. You're yes. promo but you had your own channel. Correct. What was your channel? My channel on? was essentially the same thing as theirs, but just for myself. Okay. So everything that they were doing wrong, I kind of did it for myself. Right. Right. So I, I learned from their mistakes and, you know, really trial and error on their stuff and building them up. I could figure I could build myself up. So I found a lot of success on TikTok very early. So I was getting millions and millions of views on TikTok very early. So I like built my TikTok to like 250 K in like a month of just interviewing. And I was like, wow, this is nuts. Like, you know, when you're a creator and you have that first video that's popping off and you get all these comments coming. It's like it's like a weird, really weird experience. And then when you're like watching the analytics as the videos going up and up and up, it, it's a it's a weird mental no, it is addiction. It's, I was gonna say addic I was gonna, just gonna say it is like a whole like the endorphins. Like yes. you're just like like it's you know initially it's amazing, but then of course you know for me like I was like yeah, well how do I monetize this? Because yes. like feeling good about myself is wonderful. Yeah, and knowing people like me that's great. But at the end of the month, like that's not going to pay my rent. That's right. So how do you monetize that, especially on TikTok? Yes. Oh, TikTok's the hardest. I think TikTok, other than sponsors, is the hardest platform to monetize because you know the creator fund there is pays pennies, legitimately pennies. So I think I made twelve thousand dollars on TikTok, that like collectively. Right. Um, and then sponsors a whole nother thing. I probably made another like five grand on that so which so is like shorts nothing. is like the same thing like exactly. my shorts i'll have a short that has whatever four or five thousand views and it's like 12 cents yeah yeah it's ridiculous so but i think you can transition those people from tiktok to yeah, other you, platforms you create it, it helps to create a funnel yeah, it's you a funnel sales, those yeah, it's yeah. A it's yeah. A funnel it's like a sales funnel where you know you get the leads and then you bring them to one place and you can monetize it um but yeah, so I started my creator journey. 
I was done with Arizona. I felt like there was nothing really there for me anymore. Uh, I had a good relationship with that just happened still. And then I moved to Atlanta and I lived with my uncle there for a while. There wasn't an issue with them? Not, not, not then, but then after when I lived in Atlanta, there started becoming an issue. So again, I went to, I was going to, I enrolled in classes at Georgia State University uh, in Atlanta and I was going there. I went there for one semester and I kept finding myself in that same situation where I was like, okay, I don't want to like be held to anything. I want to go make money. I want to go do stuff. And I really enjoyed filming. So I had my uh, videographer, Zach, he, he's in the army now. Uh, but he, he stuck with me and he, he lived in Atlanta with me and he never asked me for anything. I I just couldn't pay him. Right. But he just enjoyed filming with me and going out and talking to people. So he helped me build my channel tremendously. So when I wasn't in Arizona filming with that just happened, I was filming myself in Atlanta and in the surrounding colleges. Uh, so, and this is still the man, the, on the, street. the man on the street interviews with the girls. Yeah. Can I, I, I yeah. mentioned something real quick. Cause you, yeah. you said like, I don't like, you keep saying this, Yes, that you don't want, like, you're like, I just didn't want to do that. Didn't yeah. want to do that. And like, I, cause I, I, I know like, you know, obviously I know exactly what, what you're saying. Yes. Like, I think anybody who goes out and opens their own business or does something or finds something they want to do, mm-hmm. like, did you ever like I've had guys who have been like, you know, oh, I didn't want to be one of those guys that was working Walmart or working as a manager or this and that. Almost like they have a disdain for them. But to me, I always felt like, why am I dissatisfied? Like, I wish I was that guy. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wish I could just go get the college degree, get out of college, go get a job as a manager, have a wife, have a couple kids, teach soccer, like, and just be happy with like, yes. like that must be amazing instead i'm sick to my stomach i don't want to go to work i'm miserable like that's all like you know like i feel like i don't feel like like man i'm too good for that i feel like i wish i didn't feel sick to my stomach that i i want to do something not that i want to do something better but just this isn't making me happy and that's a horrible feeling. Like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you think you're better? No, I, I feel horrible. Like I wish I was that guy. Yeah. That guy, that guy probably has a great life. Like that's the backbone that's right. of America. Yeah. Like I wish I was that guy. So whenever people, you know, whenever I say that, I think people think, oh, you think you're better, but I don't think I'm better. I want to be that guy. I'm just, that guy at the end of the day doesn't want to blow his brains out. When I try to be that guy, I wanted to blow my reins out. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. I, I, I'm laying in bed, dreading going to work. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be that guy. That guy, obviously, he doesn't. You're the same. Obviously, you're exactly. the same way. You're like, this isn't, this isn't gonna be it for no. me. I can't do this. I can't. Right. I'm sorry. So I just no, wanted to clarify 100%. that. Hundred percent. I felt like I felt I was stuck in a position where I couldn't get out, but I needed to do something. And and I feel like. A lot of people in school feel the same way that I did. They they want to do something bigger and better than themselves, but they can't. They feel like they don't have an outlet to do it. But I I highly suggest like so when I was living in Atlanta with you know my business and and filming, uh, doing my interviews, my uncle who I you know consider one of my mentors, uh, he told me you just need to do it. You need to go for it. Like you know you're only gonna be young once. I'm only 21 years old. So he said, you know, you have to go out and do it. So 
that just happened, called me back. So what happened was that just happened, called me back. Um, and they, so there was three people on the channel, me, Devel, and Julian. Julian and Devel had a disagreement. Um, and that's a whole big thing where they, they got into a giant fight. Devel, a fist fight? <laughs> Maybe no, well, yeah. <laughs> no, well, not saying, to when, the. When people no. say fight, I always think fist, yeah. physical fight. Like it was you mean like an ar- huge argument, yeah, a huge argument. Yes, a huge argument. Um, Devel what didn't want to go film. Julian needed. They needed to make money. Still, the channel was doing very well, uh, and so Devel and Julian split up, and they they moved. They moved apart. They they left. Uh, they they just split apart. So. Basically, they had like a whole like YouTube breakup. You know what that, that is? Always, always kills me. Like this, you, yeah. like you've reached this pinnacle, and you're like the perfect boy band or something. And That's you guys, right. you can't just get along. <laughs> like, like you're in a position that people would chop their hand off oh, for. Of course. And you can't just swallow your pride and and get along with so, yeah. somebody else. Like, so it was. I, a- can't, I can't stand Colby. Why? Colby can't. We can't. We hate each other. You'd never know. <laughs> we we put that aside. No, I'm just joking. That's funny. But yeah, so they had like their big disagreement. Um, Julian claimed that Devel had schizophrenia and was seeing things. And it was, it was, oh, it was crazy. You know, uh, we've talked about it on, on other podcasts as well. <laughs> it's like a scorned lover. Like your it girlfriend was, breaks up and calls everybody you know and says, you know, he's gay, right? Yeah. Was, <laughs> what? No, nah, so there was there was a lot of different things, and and I would say Devel had some you know things going on, because <laughs> there was one instance I'm gonna tell I'm gonna say I'm gonna tell the story just just for you, okay? And and I haven't really made this public at all, but there was one time I tried to go help Devel, so I I brought him to like a mental institute. Oh, you're saying there was an issue? There was, yeah. Okay, there was some big issues. Oh, um, so I like meet Devel and he was very sketchy about going to like the place to get help and he was and so we finally meet up like he wouldn't even like dab me up he wouldn't shake my hand or anything he's like Eric like quote Eric I see you as like a giant rat right now (laughs) like he thought I was a living rat like huge rat and I was like holy shit there's something really fucked up like there's something wrong it's not drugs. It's not. Well, I don't know what it was, whether it was drugs or something, you know, mental. Or I don't know. But but now Devel and I speak a lot. We speak like once, twice a week, and he's doing great. Like he, he loves his life. So, but, so he got over that hump. But I'm not sure if he did it to get away from Julian or what it was, like whether he made that up so that he could, um, you know, separate from the channel. But he also didn't feel like he wanted to be – uh, in that light, in, in a sense where, you know, what we do as pickup artists, you could say, is it, it paints us in a very interesting light on the internet where people believe that we're just these horny guys who just want to, like, you know, fuck all these women. <laughs> but right. in, in reality, we do it because it gets a lot of views and, you know, we get attention and, you know, we can monetize off that. Right. So... I'm not sure if he wanted to separate himself from that world, which he did very well now. It's very different. He's not a part of it. And then so Julian needed uh, a videographer, and he needed somebody to, to film for him. So he called me up, and I was in Atlanta. He's like, hey, move to Arizona. 
I'll pay you this much, which was shit. He offered me 1600 bucks a month, which in Arizona is not, you can't live on that right. at all. I, my rent was like a thousand bucks a month. I had my car, like I paid my car off from Amazon and I had money saved up still. So I wasn't very, I, you know, you're ever in that position where, you know, you, you give some sweat equity yeah. so for a long, long-term partnership. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I felt like I was doing that where I would take a little bit, but I could see the potential of where it could be. Uh, and so that's what I did. I moved to Arizona. We doubled down on filming. That's the only thing we would do. We would be our full-time job. And then some months and months went by and I felt like I wasn't getting anything out of it. So I had to like reapply for Amazon. So I worked there again. And then, um, just things just kept going downhill. Julian and I's relationship kind of was like teetering. I would always reach out to Devel to like try to get him back and, you know, help him. He was still living in Arizona at the time. And we would always like hear things that was going on and all sorts of weird stuff. Like him breaking into like his girlfriend's apartment. It was so weird. Like there right. was just so much stuff going on. And you know, Julian and I had a hard time dealing with that because we became very close and friends. Julian and Devel were like friends for like 12 years before that, I think. Like, or they were friends since they were like kids. So it was very hard for Julian to overcome that. And I felt like he was trying to cope with it by getting, you know, getting with the girls from, you know, either the videos or, uh, you know, just, just trying to find random hookups. So, and, and in our business with picking up the girls, it's, it's a number one thing to like, you don't get with the women Like you're not supposed to. Um, at least I don't, right. I'm not saying I haven't, but <laughs> at least you don't. So, so you do the video, you get the content, you take off. Exactly. You're not really trying to hook up. Not at all. Right. No. Cause that's obviously going to be a hindrance to continuing along this enterprise when you suddenly have a girlfriend who's saying, look, you can't do this. Anymore. Well, this, so that's what happened. Okay. So he got a girlfriend and we were starting to make more money. So we just signed a deal with Jelly Smack, who's like my company's competitor. Right. Um, and they said, uh, they were like, okay, well, now we're going to give you 20 grand a month or whatever, whatever it was. Right. Like, we'll give you a $20,000 signing bonus. We can, you can make this much on Facebook. If you don't know this, Facebook makes tons of money um, in terms of creator space right now. Currently, right. Snapchat and Facebook, a lot of people are going towards it. Um. But we, so I was living in Arizona. Julian got a girlfriend. His girlfriend didn't really like me <laughs> because whoever, I don't know. So I made it a mission to fuck her boss because I thought it was funny. And right. I probably should not have done that. And so then she got mad at me. And then she, his girlfriend, told him things that were false and untrue about me and what I was saying. And then he was like, okay, you're fired. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm stuck in Arizona. I'm fired. I don't know what to do. And that's kind of where we had our, and even your $1,600 is over. Yep. It's gone. 1600 bucks is done, which to me, it was not a lot of money at all because I was making like, <laughs> you know, three times as much as it at Amazon. So I really didn't care. But also we would travel to like LA and San Diego and he would never pay for my travel expenses. So there was no food included or law. Like so there's your 1600 bucks anyway. Exactly. So it was like, I'm going out of pocket for the channel 
and for while well, he's making this much money on Facebook. So I was being treated like shit. And he knew that, but he was taking advantage of me because I'm a young guy. I was very dedicated to this. But then there was a whole thing where Julian and I were like the faces of the channel now. So we were all in the channel. So now we have like fi over 570,000 subscribers or what, how, how many ever it was at the time. Now they're like, okay, well now Eric's kicked off the channel. So now what are we going to think? What's going to happen? Now Devel's kicked off from Julian. Right. Now I'm being kicked off. So who's, who's really the issue? Who's the problem? Right. So yeah, there's only one constant in this issue. Exactly. And I think the constant was driven by the number one motivator, money. Money. Exactly. Yeah, you, you, you definitely find out who people are when money's involved. Exactly. You know? Like you can have great friends for 10 years and we're the best of buds and then you go into business together and it's over. It's over. That's why when you, I think when you go into business with a friend, you really need to you know have defined lines of what is expected of each right. person and you know how, what the compensation is going to be. Yeah, it's funny. I, um, when I, when I got, really towards the end when I got out of prison, I used to say, yeah. "Listen, there's only two kinds of people in the world: mm -hmm. those that will send you money when you're in prison, and those that won't." <laughs> and I don't have any room for anybody that's not going to send me money when I'm yeah. in prison yeah. because that's you know really because that's where that's the defining characteristic right. of friendship. You can both be friends, but you know right away who your real friends are when you say, "Hey, can you send me fifty dollars?" Yeah. And yeah. this guy that you've done everything with, you helped him move, you did everything, you were great friends. Son's like, yo, bro, I don't know, man. I just yeah. this, I, I I got the money order. I'm gonna put it in the thing. It's in the envelope. It's in my it's in my <laughs> my glove box. I'm gonna send it tomorrow. I did. and then he stops answering your calls. You're yeah. like, yeah, we were friends for ten years. <laughs> I was at your wedding. It's so. funny. I actually find myself really have struggling to send people money. I, I hate doing it. Like, what do you mean where no like like just friends oh in general right in general like if a friend asks me for money i'm like very very hesitant really yeah i don't know why like i'm doing very well right now and i like have the money to send it but i just says a lot no? yeah no like are like you, no mooney asked me for money the other day that's why see? i'm telling this see? see yeah see yeah but listen to me it's like like I, like if i have it if i can i will but yeah. if it's like okay my my rent's this much yeah this is this is going to be. I'll be cutting it close. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah, bro. I'll send you this much. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to cut it. Like, listen, my number one priority is me. Yeah, you know, anybody oh, yeah. who's foolish enough. Oh, oh, here's my. I'll take it out of my rent money, but I'll give it to you, and yeah. and I'll figure something. No, 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 no. But if I can, I'm obviously I'm going to send yeah. you send you money. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so you you need to think about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I just feel myself in a weird position where I don't know. I don't. I don't really like sending money. I think I've been screwed over so many times with money. Right. And You're that's jaded. really that's really my like issue. I think I can't mentally but get over me, it. To me, it's like you know. Oh, can you get you know two hundred bucks? Yeah, I'll give you two hundred dollars. Yeah. And if you don't pay me back, then great. Now I know who what you, who you are. Yeah. And I just cut you out of my life. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, it's not a big deal. No, I'll just get rid of you. Like if I, yeah. we had an agreement, I was going to pay you two hundred dollars, and you didn't pay me back. Well, then now I know that's what it is. Like that's how yeah. all my friends before I went to prison. The only we reason we were friends is because being around me made them money. Wow. And when I went to prison yeah. and I said, hey, listen, like it's between my mother sending me money out of her social security stipend. Wow. Or you sending me 50 bucks a month. Not even every month. Just every once in a while, 50, 50 yeah, or 100 bucks. Commissary. And I know you've got plenty of yeah. money. 
and you're either not doing it, saying you're going to do it and not doing it, or just say, yeah, 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 call me. Uh, uh, I'll get the address. Listen, I got to get it. You have to call me, call me next week. And then never answer my phone call again. Like now I know, you know, so, you know, I don't like, I f- like, it's you, like you're the problem, not yeah. me, you know, because in the reverse, that's why whenever somebody says, Hey man, can you this? If I can, I automatically do it because mm-hmm. I've been on the, on the receiving end yeah. and it sucks to have to ask, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then I also make sure to pay everybody back. Like, yes. you know, like I'm good for the, I owe like 6 million, but I'm, <laughs> I do make payments. I'm not saying I have the six, but I'm making payments. Though. Yeah. Wow. I got it down to 5.7 million. So I am, you know, I'm whittling. It's a small, you know, I'm, I'm it's going to take a long time. It's, it's, it's not it's, unless your YouTube blows up though. After this interview. Yeah. This is what it's really, it's the red lights. The red lights is what's the red lights it. change everything. The red wall, the red lights and, um, YouTube shorts. That's like right. That, that's right. If YouTube I could get some shorts. YouTube shorts could, could be the, that could be the game the, changer. The defining factor. Yes. Yes, much better. That's right. So, go ahead. What happened? I was in Arizona. I had no money, but I had money. I had actually a lot of money saved up from Amazon because I'm, I'm very good with saving money. I don't like to spend that much. Um, so, I had enough money to, like, survive and do whatever I want. But I also felt like I was screwed over so bad. Like, just, you know, I'm in this position now. I'm stuck in Arizona. Okay, I don't really know what to do. Like, I don't want to work at Amazon this. I want to just like make videos. So what I did was, um, I, I made like a little video and I was like, Hey, this is what's happened. Um, you know, I'm not on that just happened anymore. I got fired, uh, for these, like I, I, I put it out very vague, very. And then, um, Julian didn't like that. He made a rebuttal video and while he was, uh, so there's this, there's their manager named Don was a big like contributing factor to everything that happened because he, he's a very interesting guy. He actually was like, he's very like snaky in a terms of like, he will say, he will say anything that you said to somebody else. Right. So he's, he's very truthful in that sense, but, but he sometimes twists things for his own benefit because he thinks it's funny, Okay. Um, which is messed up. So he'd get stabbed in prison. Go ahead. Oh, for sure. So he told me that Julian was making the video about me and the rebuttal video, the rebuttal video. And, and he would, he told me exactly everything that he was saying in the video. So while Julian was making his rebuttal video, to did me, a rebuttal video to I did a rebuttal video, but 10 times better. Right. <laughs> and, um, and it was just attacking him, literally going through all our messages, saying this, this, this. Him admitting he's cheating on his girlfriend. Him, like, I don't know how you feel about abortion, but like, he. Here's how he feels. No. Well, he right. got like two abortions from his girlfriend. And like, he was like telling, like, he was texting me like crazy stuff. And I put in the video and all sorts of stuff, like, wild like i went relentless because i had nothing to lose yeah this, at i this thought point, it was fun <laughs> at right. that point but it was like my career essentially and like i had to show the people that like this guy isn't who he says he is right so yeah it was nuts <laughs> did so, you put the video out oh yeah he put his video out he you put, put your- his video out and it was just cr- like all the comments were hating me the next right. hour i go premiere on youtube like 
the real truth of right. what happened. And then it's like, okay, holy shit, I have like 6,000 people in the like premiere <laughs> waiting <laughs> like to hear this because it was like, it was interesting. And then he would always go live and like, I can't believe he did this. I can't believe he said this. Like, uh, like he had like the Logan Paul, poor, poor me. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. So it was super funny. And then I would just troll, troll him, troll him. I'm a troll. So like I was like p- post pictures um, and like I would like tag the location as like Julian's house and like <laughs> funny stuff like that. So, but yeah, that was the story. And then I moved to South Carolina. So I had money saved up. I, I had a good amount of money saved up. So I moved to South Carolina and that's where I currently live right now. Myrtle Beach. I bought my condo that I'm living in right now. I'm doing some renovations. And then, uh, I got an online job with uh, a, a tech platform. Um, it was like a staffing platform and I controlled all of Florida. Actually, it's funny. So I controlled all of Florida and I would, you know, um, do staffing for like nursing, nurses. Um, and then that was paying my bills and I would just was figuring stuff out and I was trying to continue to film and make money with my own socials and I was getting good sponsors and making money from Facebook now. And then I was kind of like figuring stuff out and then I needed like a new position, a new job essentially where I was like working for myself and that's when I met, you know, Investment Joy um, and I started editing for his YouTube and doing and working with him. So I've been working with him for like a year and a half now. So it's been awesome. Who, who else do you work for? Um, I can't clear, I actually can't say oh, okay. who I work for because I have NDAs. Right. But... Um, I work with a lot of, um, you know, big YouTubers doing their, uh, you know, their short form content uh, and doing a lot of YouTube consulting. So currently my company, we do, um, you know, analytic consulting for creators. But this is all you do now. That's all I do okay. now. Yep. So I transitioned from, you know, editing for Investment Joy to building, uh, a, you know, editing powerhouse for a company. And then what I learned from, you know, my whole creator standpoint in terms of doing it myself and... Um, working with that just happened and working with other creators that they uh, were connected to and we were connected to. Um, we, I basically built my company and I knew that Facebook could make a lot of money. And that's kind of where, you know, I, I make most of my money right now in terms of face, Facebook monetization. Um, now I make a lot of money so, just editing, but go ahead. I was going to say, well, are you, so you're putting up your own videos on Facebook or are you doing it for other people and you're getting a, you get a piece Both of what, okay. Yep. So right now my personal content makes about 28,000 a month right. for just my content and people think it's stupid and I don't have big numbers, but you don't need big numbers. You just need views. Right. So, you know, like a part of my 60 million, you know, views, I think like 30 million a month are from just Facebook. And that's where, yeah. And so I basically have built, you know, uh, a few other creators, Facebook pages that are doing well now. And I, and I, and my company takes 50% of it. So, you know, we're doing, we're doing pretty good now. And, and then we also do like a lot of, you know, growth consulting. So it's been good and short form content. And Jelly Smack, it's Jelly Smack. Yes, Jelly, jelly Smack. Smack. Yeah, because we 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 had a meeting with them, right? Like we talked yeah. to them. Yeah, and that's your you're saying they're your, your main competitor. Yes. So there's no one really in the you know social media space that's doing what I'm doing in terms of Facebook 
monetization other than Jelly Smack, they're in a little bit of a different position because they have all sorts of different deals and contracts, and maybe we can talk about that, you know, later, like off camera. Okay. But uh, they do all sorts of different deals. But the thing that I want is like for for E8, we take an upfront fee as well as like a little back end. Um, where Jelly Smack just does back end right. stuff. So they're a little bit more, they have to be a little bit more picky. Exactly. They're very, very picky. Right. And they actually talk to you first and then they test your content to see if it will work. Right. And once it works, then they'll sign the agreement. But I found n- not to talk poorly about them because they're my competitor and I don't want to, you know, to do anything bad. But um, they, I- I've heard from tons of creators, they drop people very quickly. When they don't meet their content, uh, you know, criteria. Right. With Facebook, you need to really be pushing a lot, a lot, a lot of content. There's heavy editing that um, is involved and man hours and power to to, to get everything that's needed um, in order to grow a successful page um, or profile now. So Jelly Smack kind of does exactly what I do. They're worth three billion, you know. We're worth a couple million, so we're we'll get to that point. But we'll just need to you know work at it. So right, um, yeah. Because I was gonna say I, I, yeah. You had the booth at the uh, at Podfest. Yes. Right. Yes. Is that like is that where you're getting most of your um, client base? It's funny. We get most of our client base through referrals. Um, we have we're starting to set up a good referral program for our clients, and maybe we can you know get a referral program for your you uh, we can throw one in the link if that's okay with you yeah um but what we can do yeah we are doing a lot of like word of mouth so you know um our videos are performing very well for other clients and then they send us to their friends who are creators and that's where we're getting most of it but we did get a lot of business at podfest and we have tons of meetings i think i in the last like last month because i think it was just a month ago um, I've done like 40 consultations and I think we converted like 10 of them, maybe eight, which is okay. Which you sent me a bunch of, uh, you did a bunch of, uh, example videos. Yeah. Like, do you want to, so you want to throw those, throw up one or two of those? Cause like they're, the editing is really good, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. um, if it's not, you can tell me. <laughs> the one time I was assaulted, I had put something together because I was fighting my case. I needed copies. So I go in the library. I said, Miss Green, is it possible I can get some copies made? She goes, I do not make copies for inmates. I said, okay. So I sit down and then all of a sudden, two guys approach me and he goes, you just f***ed us up. We were getting copies from Miss Green and you come in there and say that to her and now she don't want to make copies for us anymore. That was our business. How we were making money. You don't cost me my money. You don't have to pay me. As the week progresses they bring me a list for $80 I'm getting extorted I'm like I'm not gonna pay it so the next day so I go into the other room and both guys come in and they close the door he runs over to me and he punches me right in the face boom luckily they're not kicking they're bending over to beat me up I hear somebody on the outside say hey they both stop and they run out of the room somebody told on them nobody even liked those guys they shipped them SIS had told me I've been wanting to get rid of those two idiots forever right (laughs) thank you um well, you know, so so, I was gonna say, um, uh, it, it, it's it's funny. Oh, oh you, this is what I was gonna say. So when I was seeing these, and I remember seeing you at at uh, Podfest, yeah, like it was just you sitting at a at a booth, yeah. I think you had like a, a banner or something, yeah. But n- the more I think about it, the more I think, you know, 
you should have had a couple of flat screens. Yeah, and sideways. That's right. Constantly playing TikToks that you've done. Like that's as soon right. as you're done, go to the next one. Yes. Go to the next. Like that would have been cool because you're you're because when you're like, no, no, I'm I I'm I'm really good at this. I really have it. Now. I really know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, like, the, the, yeah. I everybody I talk to the says visual that. sat. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody I talk to says that they're all good. Nobody ever says, listen, I'm dog shit. Yeah, of course. You know, but I'm I'm free. You know, that's nobody right. says that. Like. So they're like, no, I've really been studying. I really know the algorithm. Yeah. I really understand how it works, what yeah. they're looking for. Um, but yours, you can decidedly or distinctively, I think, poor word use. You can, it's very distinctive, the difference between you can see one that's heavily edited or, or edited well and one that's not. That's right. You know? Because yeah. um, very seldomly do I look at one of when somebody sends me something, do I look at one and think, I'm not sure there's anything I change. Like I'm, and I, I'm super picky. Yeah. I almost always, and, and a lot of stuff's yeah. just out of your control. Like right. you'll, you're using something and I'm looking, I'm like, ah, oh, that's a grainy image, but that's not your fault. No. Like you downloaded it from YouTube or you, or just the, the footage that you got was just, it's just not great that's footage. Right. Like there's nothing, what can I do? So, and I, cause I remember looking through yours and there's only one or two where it's not great, a great, um, it's not a great film quality, but, yeah. and, and it's only for a second or two. And it's obviously, it's what we sent you yes. because we didn't have the cameras or I was out of focus yeah. or whatever that reason was. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's, it's great. And I was telling Colby, I said, he uses a lot of B roll. Oh you know? yeah. Cause course. you can, obviously you can hide stuff by yes. using B roll. Yes. Like I'm like, this must be like this, this must've been really bad images. Yeah. And then sometimes I think the stuff we would send you, like I was probably talking. Yeah. But, well, we're just stripping it from your YouTube, so that's why right. where the, the, the quality loss is. You didn't you didn't send him the. I sent you a couple of good yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple. Yeah, we like, haven't gone through those yet. So. Oh, really? No. Oh, so well, God, then you actually got some of them. Exactly. Some of them were great quality. Yeah. Like some of them were, were decent, but yeah. keep in mind the first four or five, no, maybe first two or three months when we had the old cameras and stuff, like old it's just. Cameras. It was like seven twenty. Oh, yeah, it's just, well, it's just was not good, yeah. bro. Like, there's nothing you can do with that. You're like, it's gonna be fuzzy. Yeah. But you, you would, you throw up a piece here and a piece here, just a clip here and a clip here. Yeah. And then you, you know, and, and then you use B-roll, B-roll, B-roll. You always do the, um, you always do the, uh, the text over the it. Subtitles, yep. Right. You don't leave a line. Like when I do mine, I always tend to leave a little thin line between yeah. it. And I've been told, like, no, they don't like that. Yeah. You gotta have the images butted straight up That's together. Right. Yeah. Like there's all these little things that I know he does that he does that I don't I don't like that mm -hmm. but you're not doing it because you like it you're doing it because that's what the algorithm wants they don't want that that line they don't yeah. want this they don't so you're just strictly designing them to play to the algorithm and you're you're also right. your your things like I noticed that the ones that you sent me that were just for like YouTube like mm -hmm. a complete story that's right right like yes. sometimes you ever some people will do them for TikTok. Mm -hmm. And they're like, it's a partial story. Yes. Where it leads you to want to funnel them to the the whole interview. Mm -hmm. You did, I, I told, because when you told, we talked about this, I said, listen, bro, I want to, I'm really only concerned about YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You you had some concerns in terms of the short form content. And I looked at your channel and I like sent you a text. I was like, right. you know, get these down. <laughs> no offense to the other guy, but you know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, the, it's funny because the other one, you had was the guys that I had I don't know if you ever saw that video so there was a video I made man my shirts just it's my sleeves are just you're just too big no it's not it I just I'm just shifting around they keep riding up um that's not trust me that's not it um the uh 
I was going to say, like, I had mentioned this before. We had some guys approach us, and they gave us, like, 10 of them. Like, we paid for 10 of them. Like, they mm-hmm. gave us a price. We paid for 10 of them. And then after they did it, they were saying, was it 10 or 5? It was 12. Oh, it was 12. It was, like, 12, like, 400 to try. Right. And, and then they were – and then, then suddenly they wanted to, to, to switch it. It was like, well, wait a second. Like, we've had this whole – we had the multiple conversations where yeah. this is what the price was. And now that you've done them, you're like, oh, they're taking us longer. It's like, okay, wait. How do you not know? Yeah. Like, is this something you're starting? Yeah. Like, so yeah then it yeah, found yeah. out they were just starting it. Uh, it's like, okay, so you gave me a quote. You said, I'm going to abide by the quote this one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a quote. Yeah. Like, so um, anyway, we, so we, that, we did that. And then they were, they were, you know, I thought they were okay. They weren't great. They yeah. were okay. Um, but it's funny because since then I've got a, another guy that approached me yeah. just for TikTok, uh-huh. right? Um, and I'll talk to you about that guy. He yeah. talked to me. And when I talked to him, I mentioned you. I said, okay, well, here's what's going on. And I yes. told him the whole thing. And then he put up a TikTok. He said, well, do you mind if I do a TikTok channel? Yeah. Not for the U.S. He said, I won't do it for U.S. I'll just do it for Canada. He said in like the U.K. I forget what other hmm. thing he took. He he did. And this was three weeks ago. Yeah. And so he had two different accounts he put up. One of them's got over 30,000 wow. uh, followers, right? That's awesome. Oh, there's there's there are videos on there that have 3 million, 3.2, wow. 2 million, 1 million. Um he's really good at it. Yeah. And then that and then he's got two accounts. Remember, one has over 30 yeah. I think over I think it's like 32,000. 32,000 followers in roughly 3 weeks. And the other one has like I think 8,000. Mm-hmm. And he's like and he's he admittedly he's like look I'm 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 new at this like I don't know and I and when he first said U S I said no no you cannot do a U S one I said I'm I got somebody I'm talking to um, I said he said well what about this he goes he goes and I'll take it down if you have an issue yeah. later and I said no I said oh no no I said I don't think we'll have an issue um, but uh, he was trying to explain he's like look the problem like he, he even he's like I don't understand why the one isn't doing well and mm-hmm. the one is he's even taking the same TikToks. And he re- he strips them down and redoes them yeah. so that there's the same story, different video, different like completely di- like he alters it in such a way that it would be a new video. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he, and he's really good, but then again, he's also stripping it from YouTube too, yeah. right? Like that's a he's stripping it from YouTube, and then so they would probably be better quality, although they're really good. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll have to show you some of them because I, sure. I we haven't put well, I don't think we put up maybe what one or two on YouTube. Of his? Of his? We don't it, have any of oh, we don't have it. Oh, it's just him doing. It's TikTok. just TikTok, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, he's his stuff's great. Hmm. His stuff's great. It's good. Um, um, but but still, like he's learning. He'll tell you, like he's like, look, I honestly, he's like, I just watched some videos. I've been doing this. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in the same department as you. Yeah. Where you might even want to like hire talk, him, <laughs> talk to him. Like he's yeah, I might have to hire him because he's one of these guys you can tell at when you talk to him. Like this is like he's. I don't think he's thrilled with the job he's working mm-hmm. right now. He's like, this is something I definitely want to get into. He said, I just kind of want to do it until I feel like I'm good enough yeah. to be in a position to charge. Yeah. But I mean, look what he just did. He put up a bunch of content. He's got over 30,000 followers good, yeah. on not even a U.S. based. That's right. It's not even U.S. No. Like, cause he sold me, he said, look like it's a much smaller market. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's a Canada, Canadian one that has the over 30 or, or the, UK. the UK one. And I could even be wrong, but I'm pretty, pretty sure it's those two because he didn't open a U.S. one because mm-hmm. my U.S. one had gotten taken down. Yeah, banned, yeah. Um, banned, yeah. It's, yeah. 
sounds sounds negative. Um, <laughs> but uh, but he he definitely knows he's he clipping out all the all the curse words. Yes. He's 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 so I, we haven't got well I don't know but I don't think he's gotten any warnings or Community anything. Guidelines, yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely need to. We definitely need to talk about like uh, Facebook or something sure. because everybody I've talked to is like, bro, you got to do Facebook. You got to do Facebook. Yep. You got to do Facebook. Of course. You know, and Colby's at his bandwidth right now yeah. with what he can do. Yeah. Um, he's got four kids. Wow. Four kids, and he's got a, a a wife and another whole other family. Oh yeah. Living somewhere in, else. Living in in South Carolina. Oh, he's juggling. Okay. So he's juggling. He's juggling. That's Luckily, his wife doesn't watch this. So, but that would be <laughs> funny if like he called me. I got a text one day. He said, "You have any idea the problems you've caused?" Um. Uh. That's he's crazy. a stay-at-home dad, really. Mm. Every time I call him, you can hear these. There's like five kids in the background. Mm, wow. They're screaming. You know, he's you know they're playing in the garbage. They're yeah. he's yelling about you know they're they're in the trailer park. There's there's uh there's you know there's uh, firebirds driving by and and Camaro old Camaros oh, okay. and you can hear the guys next door working on the working on their car. Yeah. So you know he's struggling. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, shout out to the editors for uh, you know the that those shorts for you. So yeah. Well, we gotta play. We gotta. I mean, so you're gonna we're gonna play a couple, play a couple of shorts. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. funny, bro. They're funny. Like the Wes Watson one. He he. You did one with Wes Watson. Yeah. Did one uh, with Zach, my buddy yeah. Zach. Everybody loves Zach. <laughs> Wes Watson. He's the perfect prison white guy. Just watching Wes Watson gives me anxiety. This is the definition of over the top. There's no way he could maintain that intensity. He lives in a different realm. The kind of guy that on the street starts fights and somebody pulls a gun out and then he doesn't get shot. He gets you shot. Unbelievable. Dude, but he's hilarious though. And I'm going to start with my favorite paperwork. With the paperwork, you know how I roll with it. This is a guy that drank a Red Bull and died. Then now you don't now. So now you just admit you're a by default. Step your mother came up. That dude's my worst nightmare, bro. Wes isn't even happy. He's not chill. He has no chill in him. Mother take your own advice. <laughs> hey, Wes, what books did you read to attain that level of mental strength? Mother it ain't a goddamn book. This is insanity. This is Wes Watson. He's motivational. I'm going to subscribe. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Loves him. He started a channel a month ago. No, three weeks ago? Four, about three weeks ago? Three weeks ago. Has only has one video and he's got like 2000 subscribers. He's got, wow. He yeah. Uploaded some, we uploaded some of our old ones on there. That we did in. over a year or two years ago. We just took some of all of them and put them up. He put a different face, a wow. different, um, a different thumbnail. Yeah. But then he, uh, he sat right there, told a 10 minute story and it's his first real video. Got like a couple thousand views. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's got it. Well, as of like, I think, yeah, within two days it had like over like what? Two, 2,000, 2,300. Now, I don't know what it's got now. Wow. It might have slowed down, but. Um, it's got 1,000 subscribers already. Let's see. Yeah, 1.15,000 in uh, first video, 2,000 views, 2,500. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, and he, you know, he, everybody loves him. Mm -hmm. Loves him. Like, he just, he's, he, you know, he just laughs all the time. Yeah. He's funny. He's got all these stories. He's, uh. You know, he, he definitely has uh, that whole uh, self-effacing humor, you know, the same kind of humor I have. Like, you can't go to prison and not completely yeah. realize that you're just a douchebag yeah. and, and be able to make fun of yourself. Like, hardly ever, unless you're Wes Watson or, or, or Big Herc or something, and then you come out of prison, you think you're like, then you, you, you come out and you, you have no sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
Yeah, but the the West the the videos you did were hilarious, the, yeah. or the TikToks you did. Yeah, of course those were funny videos. Yeah, so. yeah. So that's cool. It's I mean, now I feel like I don't do anything in my company, but it's like <laughs> I do do a lot. <laughs> but yeah, so we have great editors, so I'm very appreciative of them and right. all, all they do. So it's great. We I think we have 32 employees now. What is, what, is, what is this? Is he just your driver? You <laughs> Last night he was my driver. Right. Nah, my my friend Mooney here. He's from um, yeah. He we grew up kind of in the same town in Southboro, and uh, we met on the bus. It was kind of funny story. <laughs> but uh, no, he's he's helping me film. So I'm doing my own interview content in Florida for all of March, and so I'm gonna do a, a whole year of content in one month. So I hired Mooney here to help me with my videography. Well, how often do you post? So we post three times a day on all platforms. And you're gonna you're gonna do all that within a month. You're gonna do a yes. whole year's worth of content. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's very doable. It's it's, it's a lot of work, but it's, it's good, but it's gonna be great. <laughs> what are the interviews? What do you What are yeah, the questions? So what do you talk about? What do you we ask? have all sorts of questions. Um, there. So last year we did a video. I don't know what your monetization abilities are here, but. Like we did a, you know, how big, questionable. we did, how big is your booty? Okay. So we went in and we had like a tape measure on spring break in Fort Lauderdale. And like we measured girls asses, like right. how big is your booty? Like we're going to find the biggest booty on the beach. And they did like 162,000 on YouTube, which is okay. And so we're going to do a part two to that, but it was on not on, oh. on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. And it was not filmed properly last one because you cannot see the girls butts very well, but how long were the video? Are the videos? The video was only like I don't know, fifteen minutes. Okay. Yeah, it was a fifteen-minute video. We strive to get like between twenty-five to thirty clips per video. So by the end of the month, we'll have thousands of clips. Right. Tons of storage, and it'll be crazy. So it's gonna be like really, a, like a lot of hard work. But my my goal is I want to focus on E8 and less of my own stuff. But right. my own content does make me money right and it does help me you know hire people like my friends and stuff like that so it it and i would love to hire him full time but i'm just not in the position currently to do that in terms of where i need a you know cameraman uh, fire somebody else right like i mean if we're really we're friends somebody's got to go no i'm just joking <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah <laughs> like not like not funny not, funny, not sorry <laughs> all right but yeah so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm going to do a whole year of content in one month. That's my goal. You should film that. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the, the explanation was like, here's what we're going to do. Exactly. And then do a whole video on just. But it's funny because people on my, you know, my personal socials have no idea I have a company. So they're like, oh, where have you been? I'm like, oh, I've been working on a company. <laughs> like, like Mooney knows I've been uh, like taking calls every second that like with all my clients. Right. Like. Hey, how's it going? Good. You know, are you coming to Orlando this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, that's what I'm focused on right now. So I think I've, you know, transitioned to that kid that dropped out of school to now like I'm making some real money and I have like, you know, enough to live on it and do whatever I want with it. And it's cool. And then, but I'm also working very hard. So it's interesting having a company and outsourcing and doing other stuff. It's a lot of work. 
It is a lot it's of work, a, but it, it's it's for yeah, it's you not know. a forty hour a week job. Like it's it's oh, like it's sixty eighty it's way more than yeah. that. It's eighty hours a week. Yeah, but I, I enjoy it. I think I would I enjoy it way more than me sitting on a desk, you know, going through people's you know accounts, right? Like I actually physically enjoy building people's channels and helping people and talking to creators and you know getting views because. You know, when a video is going viral for my client, it's not only a good look for me, but it's a great look for them, and they love it. Right. So, it, you know, it gives me pleasure, and it and it gives the editors pleasure too, because you know, with like our number thing in our company is like viewers first. So, you know, not client first, not editor first, not you know CEO first, nothing. It's the viewers first. So we're working for the viewers, and that's really what we strive for. Hey, I appreciate you guys watching the video. If you like the video, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell so you get notified of videos just like this. Share the video, like the video, and do me a favor, leave me a comment in the comment section. I try and respond to as many comments as possible. Uh, also, if you didn't know it or not, I have a Patreon account, and you can, if you like this video, you can thank me by hitting the thank you button, and you can donate $1.99, $3.99, and if you were so likely, you could do, if you really feel up to it, you could donate $49.99, but that's just crazy. So, also, Patreon, and I've written a bunch of books. Check this out. Using forgeries and bogus identities, Matthew B. Cox, one of the most ingenious con men in history, built America's biggest banks out of millions. Despite numerous encounters with bank security, state, and federal authorities. Cox narrowly, and quite luckily, avoided capture for years. Eventually, he topped the U.S. Secret Service's most wanted list and led the U.S. Marshals, FBI, and Secret Service on a three-year chase while jet-setting around the world with his attractive female accomplices. Cox has been declared one of the most prolific mortgage fraud con artists of all time by CNBC's American Greed. Bloomberg Businessweek called him the mortgage industry's worst nightmare, while Dateline NBC described Cox as a gifted forger and silver-tongued liar. Playboy magazine proclaimed his scam was real estate fraud, and he was the best. Shark in the Housing Pool is Cox's exhilarating first-person account of his stranger-than-fiction story. Available now on Amazon and Audible. Bent is the story of John J. Boziak's phenomenal life of crime. Inked from head to toe, with an addiction to strippers and fast Cadillacs, Boziak was not your typical computer geek. He was, however, one of the most cunning scammers, counterfeiters, identity thieves, and escape artists alive, and a major thorn in the side of the U.S. Secret Service as they fought a war on cybercrime. With a savant-like ability to circumvent banking security and stay one step ahead of law enforcement, Boziak made millions of dollars in the international cyber underworld with the help of the Chinese and the Russians. Then, leaving nothing but a John Doe warrant and a cleaned-out bank account in his wake, he vanished. Boziak's stranger-than-fiction tale of ingenious scams and impossible escapes, of brazen run-ins with the law and secret desires to straighten out and settle down, makes his story a true crime con game that will keep you guessing. Bent, how a homeless teen became one of the cybercrime industry's most prolific counterfeiters. Available now on Amazon and Audible.
buried by the U.S. government and ignored by the national media. This is the story they don't want you to know. When Frank Amadeo met with President George W. Bush at the White House to discuss NATO operations in Afghanistan, no one knew that he'd already embezzled nearly $200 million from the federal government, money he intended to use to bankroll his plan to take over the world. From Amadeo's global headquarters in the shadow of Florida's Disney World, with a nearly inexhaustible supply of the Internal Revenue Services Fund, Amadeo acquired multiple businesses, amassing a mega conglomerate. Driven by his delusions of world conquest, he negotiated the purchase of a squadron of American fighter jets and the controlling interest in a former Soviet ICBM factory. He began work to build the largest private militia on the planet, over one million Africans strong. Simultaneously, Amadeo hired an international black ops force to orchestrate a coup in the Congo while plotting to take over several small Eastern European countries. The most disturbing part of it all is, had the US government not thwarted his plans, he might have just pulled it off. It's insanity. The bizarre, true story of a bipolar megalomaniac's insane plan for total world domination. Available now on Amazon and Audible. Pierre Rossini, in the 1990s, was a 20-something-year-old Los Angeles-based drug trafficker of ecstasy and ice. He and his associates drove luxury European supercars, lived in Beverly Hills penthouses, and dated Playboy models while dodging federal indictments. Then, two FBI officers with the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force entered the picture. Dirty agents willing to fix cases and identify informants. Suddenly, two of Rossini's associates confidential informants working with federal law enforcement were murdered. Everyone pointed to Rossini. As his co-defendants prepared for trial, U.S. Attorney Robert Mueller sat down to debrief Rossini at Leavenworth Penitentiary, and another story emerged. A tale of FBI corruption and complicity in murder. You see, Pierre Rossini knew something that no one else knew. The truth. And Robert Mueller and the federal government have been covering it up to this very day. Devil Exposed, a twisted tale of drug trafficking, corruption, and murder in the City of Angels. Available on Amazon and Audible. Bailout is a psychological true crime thriller that pits a narcissistic conman against an egotistical pathological liar. Marcus Shrinker, the money manager who attempted to fake his own death during the 2008 financial crisis, is about to be released from prison, and he's ready to talk. He's ready to tell you the story no one's heard. Shrinker sits down with true crime writer Matthew B. Cox, a fellow inmate serving time for bank fraud. Shrinker lays out the details. The disgruntled clients who persecuted him for unanticipated market losses, the affair that ruined his marriage, and the treachery of his scorned wife, the woman who framed him for securities fraud, leaving him no choice but to make a bogus distress call and plunge from his multi-million dollar private aircraft in the dead of night. The $11.1 million in life insurance, the missing $1.5 million in gold. The fact is, Shrinker wants you to think he's innocent. The problem is, Cox knows Shrinker's a pathological liar and his story's a fabrication. As Cox subtly coaxes, cajoles, and yes, cons Shrinker into revealing his deceptions, his stranger-than-fiction life of lies slowly unravels. 
This is the story Shrinker didn't want you to know. Bailout, the life and lies of Marcus Shrinker. Available now on Barnes & Noble, Etsy, and Audible. Matthew B. Cox is a con man, incarcerated in the Federal Bureau of Prisons for a variety of bank fraud-related scams. Despite not having a drug problem, Cox inexplicably ends up in the prison's residential drug abuse program, known as RDAP, a drug program in name only. RDAP is an invasive behavior modification therapy specifically designed to correct the cognitive thinking errors associated with criminal behavior. The program is a non-fiction dark comedy which chronicles Cox's side-splitting journey. This first-person account is a fascinating glimpse at the survivor-like atmosphere inside of the government-sponsored rehabilitation unit. While navigating the treachery of his backstabbing peers, Cox simultaneously manipulates prison policies and the bumbling staff every step of the way. The Program How a Con Man Survived the Federal Bureau of Prisons' Cult of RDAP Available now on Amazon and Audible. If you saw anything you like, links to all the books are in the description box.